This is Trek FM. Helling frequencies open. This is your Trek FM hyperchannel for Tuesday, May 20th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and we have two stories for you today Oculus Rift Goes Galaxy Class and Tribble's Weak Redux. First up, if you follow Star Trek or even general technology news, you no doubt heard about the recent recreation of the USS Voyager bridge for the Oculus Rift. Not to be left out, TNG fans can now take command of the Enterprise-D. Now, what is Oculus Rift? Uh, you, Like I said, if you follow technology news, you've probably heard of it. But it's this meh, fairly massive virtual reality headset that's designed for 3D gaming. And it's being refined. I've seen it kind of be refined as it's being developed. And I've never gotten to use one myself, but when you look through it, it has a stereoscopic vision to it, a stereoscopic 3D view. So you see the scene through the left lens and the right lens. They're kind of offset just a little bit so that it creates an actual 3D environment for you. It's made by a company called Oculus VR, and they were purchased by Facebook in March for $2 billion, $2 billion. I said, for a virtual reality headset. Now, I don't know what Facebook is planning to do with them. Probably they're going to use the technology for something other than the goggles that we've seen so far. But nevertheless, it's an exciting technology because it moves us a little bit closer towards the holodeck of the next generation. Of course, it's just the the infancy of this. And what we really want is a room we can walk into and we don't need to put anything on our face. And we can be in another environment. But for now, you can put Oculus Rift on your head and go into other environments. And that includes now both the bridge of the 1701D and Picard's ready room. So, you know, if you want to wander in there, talk to Picard, you can do that. Just be sure you knock first because you never know. Beverly might be in there. They might be having tea and biscuits together. Make sure you knock. Now, fittingly... Oculus VR refers to the Oculus Rift as the next-gen virtual reality. That has nothing to do with Star Trek, but it's very fitting with the story that we're talking about today. How does Oculus Rift work? Well, it provides an approximately 100-degree field of view, stretching the virtual world beyond your peripheral vision so that your view of the game is no longer boxed in on a screen. It, It is only limited by what your eyes can see. And uh, I love to play football games, personally. Hashtag sportsball. That's me. My, my PlayStation 3 is basically a very expensive college football box. I would love to have Oculus Rift for that, where I can you know, go out on the field as the quarterback, find my receivers, throw it down the field, limited only by what my eyes can see. That would be amazing. Other places that you can visit with Oculus Rift right now are Jerry's apartment from Seinfeld, the wall from Game of Thrones, and of course, as I mentioned at the beginning, the bridge of the USS Voyager. This was created by Irish filmmaker Enda O'Connor, and on Monday, O'Connor posted links about his creation on Reddit, and it has kind of spread like wildfire since then. I found this story on the NBC News website, and they have the YouTube video there as well, so you can watch it and see what you think about it. Oculus Rift costs $350, which, you know, actually I think is not a bad price 
for this technology. This is something that when I first see it, I remember when I first heard about it, maybe like a year and a half ago, I want to say it was, or a year ago. And I'm thinking, oh, this must cost like $5,000. But no, $350. So if you're a serious gamer, it's um, something you definitely want to add to your collection, I think. Well, we would love to hear from you about this story, uh, given that there are two Star Trek bridges now around. What would you like to see created next for Oculus Rift? You know, what Star Trek ship or destination would you like to see? You, you want to be immersed in Star Trek? Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Our username is TrekFM. Or go to trek.fm slash contact. Send us a message through there. Catch us in social media. And jump over to the NBC News website and watch the video. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Next up, if you have a hankering for Quadro Triticale, then you're going to want to go over to Tor.com and read the latest entry from our friend Keith DeCandido as he continues his DS9 rewatch. Each week on Tor.com, Keith gives you an in-depth view of a DS9 episode. Now, for those of you who are not into the novels, if you for some reason don't know who Keith DeCandido is, he is one of the great renowned Star Trek authors today who helps write the novels uh, such as the Fall series that was just out, which uh, four of the five books actually hit the New York Times bestseller list, which really it's almost like a renaissance for Star Trek literature, which has been wonderful. We talk about Star Trek literature here on the network every single Sunday on Literary Treks, which I host along with my co-host, Matthew Rushing. Now, and Keith has been with us on there a number of times as well. In fact, Keith is going to be joining us tomorrow. So this coming Sunday, you guys will be able to hear him talking about his new book, The Klingon Art of War. But going back to this story, it's Tribble's Week Redux on Tor.com. And Keith is now at the point in his DS9 rewatch where he has reached Trials and Tribulations, the legendary 30th anniversary tribute episode that DS9 did for Star Trek. And it was, especially at the time they did it, because it was when Forrest Gump was in the theater, not too long after Forrest Gump had been in, in the theater. And the technology to do what they did was quite new. And, you know, today, sure, they can do this kind of stuff. But to put the DS9 crew into the original series episode, The Trouble with Tribbles, and to do it so seamlessly was amazing. And the the effort that they put into this episode, it really showed the love that the DS9 writers and that the creative staff had for the original series. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize it, but if you really watch and you really pay attention in Deep Space Nine, that's the series that actually has the most homages to the original series in it. There's stuff all over the place in DS9. Uh, often they're just little tiny things that are dropped in here and there. And then sometimes they are are more obvious things, of course, like Trials and Tribulations, but also things like Blood Oath, where where we actually have Jadzia going with Kor, Kang, and Koloth on a mission. Lots of stuff in here. Another amazing thing for me about Trials and Tribulations is the way that they were able to make it a Deep Space Nine episode that leveraged the original series, that paid great respect to the original series and added to that episode, but yet it didn't feel like a gimmick. It actually is a Deep Space Nine episode. It ties into the Bajoran orbs. There was a way for time travel there that did not require some kind of crazy techno babble explanation. 
and and even the fact that Cisco was being grilled by the Department of Temporal Investigations, it's just there. It's a DS9 episode. It, it's really wonderful. Now, Keith takes you through it and gives you a really in-depth look at the episode, which includes trivia. And I pulled out just one item of trivia here that Keith included. He tells you that the Battle of Donatu V that Spock references as an early conflict between the Federation and the Klingons was fought 23 years earlier. It's dramatized in the novel The Killing Blow by Kevin Ryan, part of the Errand of Vengeance trilogy. And this is one of the great things that Keith brings to his rewatch on Tor.com, is the fact that as an author, he's very, very steeped in the literature. And if you're interested in taking your Star Trek experience beyond the screen, you know, you've, you've watched the episodes over and over and over, and you want to go beyond the screen, then you can get into the literature. And Keith can give you great pointers on where to turn, how to, to learn something new about the episodes that you love. Now, as I mentioned, Keith is going to be joining us here on the network this coming Sunday for Literary Treks to talk about the Klingon art of war. Now, we're going to be recording that tomorrow because actually this weekend, Keith is going to be at Balticon 48 in Baltimore, Maryland. Balticon is a convention put on by the Baltimore Science Fiction Society. So if you're in the area and you want to drop by and you want to meet Keith in person, you'll find him there. You can find out more about the con and get Keith's schedule at balticon.org. That's B-A-L-T-I-C-O-N dot org. Now, another piece of trivia here is the fact that D7, you know, you've heard of the Klingon battlecruiser D7 and the fact that, you know, we never really got an official D7 for so long in Star Trek. Well, D7 was actually an inside joke between William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy about the Klingon battlecruiser. And finally, this episode, Trials and Tribulations, is the episode that made D7 the official name of that make of Klingon battlecruiser. So a little more trivia for you there. One other little bit of trivia, which is part of the tell us that I want to ask you today, is the fact that they almost did not go with the Trouble with Tribbles for their tribute. There was another idea that they were kicking around that was conceived of by Ronald D. Moore. And the idea was to make the story a sequel to a piece of the action, which, of course, you remember is the TOS episode where they go to the planet that's modeled after Chicago and the gangsters. Now, at the end of that episode, McCoy leaves his communicator behind. And actually, the Enterprise episode, The Communicator, is sort of a follow-up to a piece of the action. Not, Not that they visit the same planet, but the idea of what happens after you leave a communicator behind. Because it's kind of laughed off as a joke at the end of a piece of the action. Well, the idea that they had was that they would revisit Sigma Iosha 2, from a piece of the action. And what they would find there is that after Kirk and Spock had been to that planet, there would be imitators of Kirk and Spock. And they would discover that there was a Trekkie phenomenon on this planet. So basically, it would be like a planet full of Trekkies. And it would be kind of a a humorous take and kind of a nod to what Star Trek has meant to so many of us for so many years. 
Um, they didn't decide to go with that. Personally, I'm glad. I think it may have been a little bit corny if they had done that. Instead, they came up with the triple angle, which was wonderful. And the question I have for you is, if you could have written the DS9 tribute episode, what would you have done? Which episode would you have followed up on? How would you have tied DS9 to the original series? And especially in a way that worked as well as Trials and Tribulations did. Let us know. Social media, we're at TrekAfilm on Twitter, uh, Facebook, G+, or trek.afilm slash contact. We'd love to hear from you. So again, I pulled out one piece of Keith's trivia there, the bit about Donatu 5. Go read Keith's article. He does a fantastic job of really going in-depth into each episode, his thoughts on what's happening on the screen, also trivia, as I mentioned, and you'll find it over at tor.com. If you go over there, and if you don't see it when you land on the website, um, just you, you'll probably see it, but if you don't, type in Keith DeCandido, that's D-E-C-A-N-D-I-D-O, and uh, you'll find all of his stuff right there, and we'll also put a link to it in the show notes. And I do have a network update for you as well. It's Tuesday, which means The Next Generation and Earl Grey. For this week's Cup of Earl Grey, which Daniel, Philip, and Darren have described as extra hot, you'll get a look at Picard's romances from his early relationships before the show even started in episodes like Tapestry and We'll Always Have Paris, to alternate future marriages with Beverly Crusher and all flings in between. Probably going to be a little vosh in there as well. So watch for this episode in your feeds if you subscribe to the individual feed for Earl Grey or to the Trek FM Complete Master Feed. You can also catch it through your favorite podcast source, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Swell, Blackberry, or more. We're all over the place. Or you can also stream or grab the RSS link from our website and pop that into your favorite podcatcher. Well, that's our look at the news for today. If you're streaming the show from our website, remember that you can have it delivered directly to your device of choice by subscribing to the Hyper Channel show feed or to the Trek FM Complete Master Feed, which contains every episode of every show and some special audio content as well that you can only get there. You'll find the Master Feed in iTunes, on Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, many other podcast directories, and it'll be coming to even more places soon. Now, we'd love to chat with you about the stories that we talked about today and anything in the world of Star Trek. Find us on Twitter under username TrekFM, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TrekFM, on Google Plus, you'll find our community, just search Trek.FM in communities, and we have traditional forums as well on our website at Trek.FM slash forums. Thanks everyone for listening today, and we'll be back tomorrow with some more stories for you. Until then, go watch some Trek. <laughs>